Well, what makes it hard to ask for help? Uh, it could be that what you're asking for help uh, is a bit humiliating. Uh, maybe it uh, dents your pride uh, to, to have to ask for help for a particular thing. On Bondi Rescue, that's a program on the television about uh, surf lifeguards, uh, a couple of weeks ago they were advertising an episode with the drama of needing to rescue 12 people at once. Uh, and they'd saved 11, but the last, the last fellow, he didn't want their help. And so the drama of the program, the tension was, how do you rescue someone who doesn't need help? Or, sorry, doesn't want help. How do you rescue someone who doesn't want help? Now, I'm not actually into Bondi Rescue, and so I didn't find out uh, how it was solved. But it, it could be that the guy uh, on the program felt a bit like I did uh, when a mate and, my, and, and myself, we were swimming out at Maroubra Beach out of Sydney, and we got out of our depth. We got out of the flags, uh, we're a long way off, and what do you know, the boys in the uh, rubber dinghy come scooting off, uh, the surf life savers come to the boat, they haul us into their boat and they drag us, well not drag us, they take us back to the beach. And look, when we got to back to the beach, it was all a bit embarrassing really, because um, we're the guys that couldn't look after ourselves. Uh, we're the guys that needed help and, you know, we were about 20 and we thought we were invincible and it just dented our pride. It was embarrassing. Uh, maybe the guy on Bondi Rescue, Rescue was a bit the same. As we're standing on the beach, we're, we're wanting to tell everyone. We're, we're wanting, because there's lots of people there and they're all looking at us. We're wanting to tell them, look, we didn't need help. You know, we're fine. And uh, we could have got back ourselves, but it just wasn't true, unfortunately. And if we'd tried to help ourselves, if we tried, it just would have ended in disaster. Now look, this sort of thing is that it's what's happening in Galatians chapter three. Uh, the Galatians were trying to do something that only God could do for them. God had blessed the Galatians when they'd put their faith in Christ. But afterwards, the Galatians tried to get the blessings for themselves. They tried to show the people around them that uh, they could get the blessings by, by their own efforts. But it just wasn't true. And the warning that Paul gave them and that he gives us today is that by trying to get God's blessing in your own strength, well, you only end up losing God's blessing altogether. What we're going to be looking at is all very similar to last week, uh, which means that it's very important. Uh, this week, the particular emphasis is it's faith in Jesus that gets us the blessing of God. Last week it was we need to trust in Jesus, have our faith in him to be justified, not by our own efforts. This week it's we need to have our faith in Jesus to get the blessing of God, not by our own efforts. We just have to trust in Christ alone to do it all for us. And look, we need to have this crystal clear in our minds. Uh, Paul obviously thought it was very important. He drums away at it for at least three chapters in the book of Galatians. Uh, we need to have this very clear in our mind, firstly because God thinks it's important, because uh, he, he, he beats this drum a lot. Secondly, uh, we need to be clear about this, because if we're not, well then we become easy prey to people out there with different gospels. And if you move on from trusting in Christ to give you God's blessing, well then you lose it altogether. Now that's the danger that the Galatians found themselves in. They'd moved on from just having their trust in Christ and it was a foolish move. Have a look at verse 1, chapter 3 and verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I'd like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? 
After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Now, the obvious answer to the Galatians is they received the Spirit. They received this blessing of God because they believed what they heard. And what did they hear? Well, from verse 1 we're told they heard the gospel of Christ crucified. And when they believed what they heard, when they put their trust in this crucified Christ, they received the Spirit of God. That's verses 2 and 5. But since then, they've been bewitched. They've been foolish in letting themselves be fooled. And after already receiving the Spirit through faith in Christ, they're now trying to get the blessings of God by keeping God's Old Testament law. And it just doesn't make sense. They're trying to get something that they've already been given. Now Paul here in these verses is appealing to their experience. Look, Galatians, you received the Spirit when you trusted in Christ. And so why are you now trying to receive the Spirit, trying to get the Spirit by observing the law? God didn't give himself to you because of your human effort. He didn't make his home with you because of the good things that you've done. He gave you his Spirit when He, when you trusted in Christ. And so don't be fooled, don't be bewitched by anyone who tells you otherwise. And look, you and I know this. Uh, When we look back, or when you look back on your own life, when was it that you first knew that you were a Christian? Was it after you'd been to church for the thousandth time? Was it after you'd been baptised or confirmed? Or was it when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, Paul not only appeals to their experience, he also appeals to the very law that they're appealing to. Uh, people had come in amongst the Galatians, they'd convinced them that to receive the blessings of God you need to keep the Old Testament law as well. Well, what Paul now does in the next few verses is he shows them that the law itself says that the blessings of God come through faith and that the law itself says that the blessings of God do not come through observing the law. So first, the law itself shows that God's blessing comes through faith. Have a look at verse 6. Consider Abraham, Paul says. Consider Abraham. He believed God and he credited it to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham, all nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed, along with Abraham, the man of faith. Now, if you can remember, uh, God made some hefty promises to Abraham that uh, he would make him into a great people and that all peoples on earth would be blessed through him. Well, we're told that Abraham trusted God, took him at his word, and God blessed him, credited him with righteousness. And God says that in the same way that he dealt with Abraham, he'll deal with all peoples. Abraham just trusted in God and was blessed. It's the same deal for us. Those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Faith brings blessing. That's what the law itself says. It's not like you used to get God's blessing by observing the law and now it's by faith. 
Uh, being by faith, that's not something new. That's, it's always been by faith. It's right from the start, even from Abraham. But secondly, that's not the only thing that the law says on the matter. The law also says that if you try and get God's blessing by keeping the Old Testament law, well, you'll only end up with the exact opposite. You'll end up with God's curse. Point two on your outline and verse 10. Verse 10. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. The simple bottom line of what Paul's getting on at here is that if you can't keep everything in the Old Testament law, then you're under God's curse. And that's what the law itself says. Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Uh, Moses said that uh, to the Old Testament people of Israel as they were about to head into uh, the promised land. And what the rest of the Old Testament makes painfully clear is that no one could continue to keep everything written in the book of the law. And so by having the law of God, Israel was under God's curse. Now that raises all sorts of questions, doesn't it? Uh, Why did God give them the law in the first place if it automatically puts them under his curse? Well, I hold that thought because Paul answers that very question uh, next week uh, as we continue our way through Galatians. So make sure you're back. But into this uh, Jewish mess of having the law, but that means they're under the curse of the law, into this mess steps the Lord Jesus because he came to redeem them from out of the curse of the law. The law brings God's curse to the Jews because they can't keep his law. And so when Christ came... He came to be that curse for them, to redeem them out of it. Verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. When Christ died, he died as a curse to redeem Israel from under God's curse when they put their faith in Christ. But Christ's death, it wasn't just for the Jews' sake, it was also for the Gentiles, for us as well. Because by his death, Christ brings God's blessing to the Gentiles. Verse 14, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. And so in verse 14, we're back to where we started, where it's by the death of Christ and by faith in him that God's blessing is poured out and his people receive his spirit. It's not by observing the law. Now look, there's lots in these verses, I know. Uh, As you read through it, you can get mental indigestion. Um, But don't lose the big picture. It's really quite, quite simple, Paul's bottom line. Faith brings blessing, law brings curse. That's Paul's point. Faith brings blessing. Law brings curse. And so the obvious thing that Paul's driving at is why on earth would you turn to the law to get God's blessing? Because it brings God's curse. It's like going to an apple tree to try and find pawpaws or going to Cairns to see Melbourne or coming to me for advice on how to sow. You're looking in the wrong place. You're looking in the wrong place. 
But to look to the law for God's blessing, it's more than just looking in the wrong place. It's looking in exactly the opposite place because you end up with God's curse. It's like looking for fresh fruit in a rubbish bin. You want a nice juicy apple, but you only end up with rotten banana skins and a mouldy half-eaten peach. You want good fruit, but by looking for it in a, in a bin, you are, you're just going to end up with the opposite. You're going to end up with rotten fruit. Wanting God's blessing is a good thing, but to look for God's blessing by obeying the law, you end up with exactly the opposite thing. You end up with God's curse. So don't try and uh, keep the Ten Commandments to get God's blessing. Don't try and be good enough for God. Don't try and make him happy with you. Don't try and, and uh, get his blessing by human effort. Just trust in Christ and he'll do it all for you. Now, is it sounding similar to last week? Uh, it should be. It's very similar. But uh, look, I'm not going to apologize for saying things that are similar because obviously if it's good enough for the Apostle Paul to drum this, to beat this drum, it's good enough for us, isn't it? These are very important truths that God wants us to be very clear on. That observing the law, trying to be good enough for God, trying to get his blessing by what we do, it is barking up the wrong tree. It doesn't work like that. It is simply trust in the Lord Jesus. And look, I reckon there's two things that we need to get out of this, at least two, two things where this truth is going to shape the way that we think and the way that we act and the way that we feel. And the first one is that we should marvel at Christ. Because we're talking about big things here. We're talking about the blessing of God Almighty. We're talking about the fulfillment of his cosmic promises to Abraham. We're talking about receiving the Holy Spirit of God. We're talking about becoming one of the people of God. And all of this, and much more, it's a gift. It's a gift from God. We don't earn it. We certainly don't deserve it. We've done nothing to commend ourselves before God. There's nothing we can do to make God give it to us. There's nothing we can do at all. Either God gives it to us or he doesn't. And he does. He has. Even though it meant the death of Jesus Christ, he's done it. And so his blessing has been poured out on people, even people like us, on anyone who has their trust in Jesus. Have you noticed how God's done a complete demolition job on our pride? We can't point to anything we've done and look with satisfaction. God does everything. We do nothing. We're just left to marvel at his extreme goodness. Uh, one way the Bible puts it is to delight in the Lord, to meditate upon his wonderful salvation and to take delight in God our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. So make that a goal for this week, won't you? Make that a goal for this week. Every day, think upon the Lord Jesus, fix your eyes on him, how by his death he's blessed you, given his Holy Spirit, made you one of his children. Think upon him and marvel at him and delight in him. Now there's something else we should do as well. And this really is Paul's strongest point of application in Galatians chapter 3. That when we understand that it's only by faith in Christ that we receive the blessings of God, we are to make sure that no one fools us into believing a different gospel. At the start of this chapter, Paul says, you foolish Galatians, 
Who has bewitched you? He's chastising them. That to move on from faith in Christ is foolish. It's disastrous. And we shouldn't let anyone trick us. Because faith in Christ is all we need and no one is to fool us or bewitch us or move us away from faith in Christ. The Galatians had been mesmerised by people saying that to get God's blessing you needed to trust in Jesus and you needed to keep the Old Testament law. Paul's point, you can't add anything to faith in Christ. As soon as someone says that to get God's blessing we need to have our faith in Christ and we also need... It doesn't matter what they put at the end of it. They're wrong. It's faith in Christ and in him alone. Faith in Christ plus anything else, it's just wrong. As soon as you add anything to Christ, you lose him because you're going to have your faith in something else as well as in him, which is really not to have your faith in Jesus at all. And so we're not to be fooled by people who might tell us that to receive God's blessing, well, you've got to come to a certain church. Or to be Christian, you must be baptised and confirmed. Or you can only be blessed if you keep God's Ten Commandments. Or you're only a genuine Christian if you speak in tongues, that we've got to move on from faith in Christ to have a second blessing of the Holy Spirit. It's all a distortion. It's all lies. God's blessing, his Holy Spirit, he is given to those with faith in Christ. End of story. No strings attached. Now, the other thing uh, that we need to realise is that moving on from faith in Christ, when you think about it, it's just one of the craziest things you'll ever hear. When you know how majestic and glorious and compassionate that God is to us in Christ, that we've been given everything, why would we want to move on? Why would we want to move on? As soon as you move on from the Lord Jesus, the only way is down. How could you possibly move on to greater things than Christ himself? And anyway, when you do put your faith in Christ, he does give you his Holy Spirit. It's not like he holds anything back from us. Now, all we need is Christ alone, faith in him alone, and we receive the blessings of God, we're made into his people, we receive the Holy Spirit, and so we just trust Christ. Now, you might be thinking there, uh, sitting there thinking, but aren't we at least meant to be godly? What about obedience to God? What about holiness? Doesn't God want us to be like this? And the answer is, well, of course that flows out of our faith in Christ as we trust him with our whole lives. And Paul's going to spell that out for us in no uncertain terms in chapters 4 and 5 and 6. But in terms of being justified, in terms of receiving the blessings of God, in terms of receiving the Spirit of God, in terms of becoming one of the people of God, it's faith in Christ. Just trust in the Lord Jesus and his death in your place. It's rely on him to do everything for you. That's it. And we have to be crystal clear about this because we have to make sure that no one seduces us or tricks us or bewitches us or fools us into thinking some other gospel. And how can we do that? Well, the most obvious, the most obvious way we can be clear about the gospel is to simply read the Bible. Because there God spells it out from Abraham through to the end. It's faith in him. It's faith in Christ. And we are to, to fill our minds with the scriptures 
that we would hear from God himself how this all works and not have to listen or, or to be tricked. We, we can guard ourselves against being tricked by simply soaking ourselves in the scriptures themselves. Join a small group if you haven't already and meet with other people during the week to read the Bible and to help each other to understand so that you won't be tricked, so that no matter what sort of false gospel that comes your way, you'll stand firm because you know the Bible. You know what God says. You know what his gospel is. We've got to get it clear in our heads. It's not as good as reading the Bible, but another excellent thing we can do is we can read good Christian books. We can benefit from the insight of other people who have thought long and hard about the Scriptures. We should fill our minds with good Christian books. to read. We're not to leave the filling up of our mind to TV. We're not to leave... Uh, what dominates and influences our thinking up to trashy magazines or pop psychology or the catalogues that come in the mail, we're to fill our minds with the gospel so that we hold fast to it, so that we keep our trust in Jesus, so that we're not bewitched or fooled by anyone. Because what's at stake is the blessing of God, being one of the people of God, having the spirit of God, being saved and justified on that last great day. And we are not to be fooled or tricked or bewitched or anything away from faith in Christ. Because in him we've got it all. If God had a pantry and uh, it was marked spiritual blessings, it's empty, it's blank, he's given it all away. We have everything in Christ already Why would we turn to anyone else? Why would we? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the majesty of your Son, the Lord Jesus, that in him you have done everything for us and we are to trust him. Please keep us from the the folly the foolishness of trying to attain uh, anything by our own human effort, but that, Father, we would always look to Jesus and him alone to be blessed by you, to receive your Holy Spirit, to become one of your people, to be justified before you. Father, please, we pray that we would only ever have our faith in Christ for these things. And so, Father, we also pray that you would keep us from being bewitched or fooled into some other gospel, please keep us uh, firmly standing in Christ Jesus that we might always live to your honour and glory and praise. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.